want it to get too heavy and feel really overloaded. Podcast begins. It's Parker's for Nolan's new podcast trilogy. Huh? <clears throat> or a new movie. It's a movie about podcasts. Okay. What movie? Well, you're going to have Podcast Begins. Uh, The Dark Podcast. And... The what po- if Batman was a drunk? Podcast, right? What? In those movies. Batman was a drunk, so it's... Batman's drinking begins. Okay. So he, like, instead of falling through the hole, he finds the keys to his parents' liquor cabinet, and that's where his origin story begins. Uh-oh. Um, and instead of his parents being shot in an alley, they're run over by an O'Doul's truck. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> and it's his fault because he wanted to cut, th- cut across tra- traffic. Because he was in a drunken haze leaving Zorro. Who was it? The Bruce Wayne is a child? Oh, no, yeah, the O'Doul's a, driver. A, yeah, the O'Doul's driver runs over his parents because he was running so fast ahead of them. Okay. Um, And then you got the drunk knight. Mm-hmm. The drunk knight rises. Uh, So in Batman Begins, though, he's taken in by Raz O'Doul's. The League of Sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um... And, uh, the Scarecrow is, um... Fireball O'Doul's Scarecrow is an AA guy, a guy. Okay, yeah. His mask... Maybe he's California sober, though. So he's, like, pumping weed smoke into everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, really bad weed. Yeah, Batman's like, this is a trigger for me. This is a gateway drug. <laughs> Um. Yeah, Joker and uh, Dark Drunk Knight. He's like, I'm gonna make this bottle of Miller disappear. <laughs> he just does that like swirl bottle trick and drinks it in, like two <laughs> ten seconds, and then they're like, "All right, we're still gonna kick your ass." <laughs> um. Yeah, maybe Joker also is behind the um. Fireball, like the tiny fireball bottles, not actually having uh, whiskey in them. What do you mean? That's been a a thing recently. There, I think there's a class action lawsuit where, like, the little fifty millimeter bottles of Fireball say that they have whiskey in them, but they don't actually have any tra- it, trace of whiskey. I don't know. I think that's the. There's the, no alcohol. That's in the it? question. No, there's alcohol in it. But whereas a regular sized bottle of Fireball has whiskey in it, and it's cinnamon flavored, the uh, the little guys do not. Hmm. Little guys have. I don't know. People drink those a lot. That's the thing. People drink those like five-hour energy. Yeah. <laughs> you see those bottles everywhere. Yeah. That and like... They go into their office job and dump light out... Light beer cans everywhere. Yeah, that too. I always like wondering what, how these get on the side. Like, you know, working what, doing what I do for a living, I like, you know, I have to stop off on the side of the road all the time and I'll see just crushed Miller High Life, High Life cans on the side of the road and like... What goes on after dark in this area? Yeah. You wish you had, um, I don't remember who, what, there's like a character or something. They can touch something and then like they see like the memories of the objects. Dead Zone's kind of like that, but it's the future. You're right. 
That book rocks. So you could walk through the liquor store and just touch every every can, and you see would see like drunk drive after this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, it's like a it's like minor it's like Minority Report also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arrest this man. He's gonna drunk drive tonight. You're just on your knees, heading your hands in the middle of the liquor store, going like, "Why?" Yeah, over a can of to- uh, over a case of Topo Chico. <laughs> A woman's going to get a little too wild and then fall backwards off a balcony into the ocean like uh, that lady in Play Misty for me. <laughs> After getting She's punched in the face. Punched in the face by a giant can of Topo Chico hard seltzer. No, by a man who looks like Clint Eastwood. Oh, okay. Did you show Lila that scene? Uh, No, I didn't. Oh. I did show her the scene of Fez from that 90s show, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I finished that 90s show. <clears throat> yeah, how was it? Uh, not as good as that 70s show. Bob showed up eventually, right? He did show up. He's not dead. But oh. no hide? Not a trace. And no, not even an illusion to hide? No. Wow. Okay. A lot. Of, no, I mean, there's like, they barely talk about Jackie, but she shows up. Oh, really? Eric and Donna get brought up a lot. Um, Fez is a uh, reoccurring character. Okay. Towards the end, Donna is a reoccurring character. What uh, about Kelso? Kelso shows up in the same scene with Jackie. Oh, okay. But he's alluded to a lot as well because his son's in the show. Right. Didn't he have a son at the end of that 70s show? He did, yeah. So I think his kid... Is that on- one of the sons? I think so. Okay. They never full on say. Yeah, which means Jackie's not his mom. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, you need to write the coffee table book about that seventy, like the, that that seventies show, uh, reader or whatever. The lore of that. Yeah. yeah, I love that show to be honest. I don't really get it personally, but it's no, not 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 trying to diss you or anything. No, all sitcoms are pretty dumb. That's why I love them. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I've been watching... Um, you know what? I, Succession finally started getting good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then I've been watching Love, which I'm I'm now on season three of, and that's, that's pretty good, too. Ah, that should look dumb. It's actually... You know, I, 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 I didn't know what to expect. I didn't think it was going to be dumb, but... I thought it was that show Easy at first. Yeah. You, you know that one? No. The, the Joe Swanberg show on Netflix? No. Mark Maron's in an episode. Um, Or two, or three, I don't know. No, Love is kind of funny, actually. But anyway, we're... we're we not talking done about? talking about TV. Okay. Because I have another show that I love that's very stupid. Cheers. And we listen to Cheers is stupid and I love it also. Oh, Law and Order SBU is Law and Order SBU is stupid as well. We just listen to we both uh, separately listen to podcasts talking about Law and Order. And I did, it made me it. remember like cuz I watched Law and Order as a kid. Yeah. That's Special Victims the, the the rape series of Law and Order as a kid. And that's what I thought real life was. Mhm. I thought wow, the world is a very very troubling place. I was very afraid of child molesters because of that show also. Oh, okay. That and the Michael Jackson case. 
That's why when the drummer from Marilyn Manson was hitting you up, you, you the bells were ringing, mm-hmm. the, the alarms were going off. Yeah, even though I was, well, I mean, I guess I was still technically a child. I was like fourteen. Yeah. Um. But. Um. Yeah, I just thought that was real life. Very scary show. I think my parents probably watched a lot of that stuff because they used to like forty eight hour mist. They used to watch forty hour forty hour mystery obsessively. Yeah, and they were I think pretty into the John Benet Ramsey thing, and I don't know, not not my cup of tea. But you it's know. weird that people act like true crime is so big now, and it's like it's just been like this since the eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which I wonder if that's because, like, in the 70s, there was, like, crime was, uh, like, there's a statistic that that crime was pretty high in the 70s on a national scale. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, serial killers in in particular were big, like, media items. Like, there was, like, an explosion of serial killing. And then in the 80s, it kind of tapered off. So people's fascination with it maybe had room to grow. Yeah. And then by the 90s, you had, like, more sensationalized crimes happening, like the Menendez brothers, that lady who cut that guy's penis off, O.J. Simpson, uh, Tanya Harding. No, what was her name? I can't remember the penis lady's name. Yeah. So then by the 2000s, this is a full industry of, like, Court TV, Law & Order SVU, yeah, you know the subgenre of true crime that I don't think has like I think people are into it, but it's just not the same as like serial killers. Is the cult leader, or like the cult um, angle, and true crime? Yeah, how it always it I mean it always ends up being like a sex thing. Yeah, like every time. So it's kind of like not really exciting to get invested in like a new docu series about a random cult because you just know where it's going. Yeah. Oh, does my timeline uh, timeline make sense? Yeah, I think so. Like, well, let me look up. I'm gonna look up these statistics if, so I don't sound like an idiot. Yeah, I like that Jeremy Irons was in. Um, I like the character he was playing in that episode of Law and Order. Doctor Cap. Yeah. Did you watch that episode? No. I kind of want to watch that Hardwired episode though. I haven't seen that one. Which is which one was that? Uh, that's the one with the kid and the naked. It's the one where they send the kid in. Oh, to go undercover, yeah, to to bring down the king pedophile. Okay, I'm not gonna look up these statistics. We'll edit this in later. Yeah. Um. So anyway, sh- shall we move on from our uh, cold open there to? Uh, I still need to figure out a new theme song for. Oh my, wait, for I found the chart. Movie facts. U.S. violent crime rate. Okay, it's not clicking. <laughs> Focus. Enhance. <laughs> this is from factcheck.org, so you know we're dealing with something. Well, .org, that's good. That's reputable. It looks like U.S. violent crime rate started to spike in the 70s and 80s, an all-time high in like the early 90s. Hmm. And then petered off ever since. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, I have. I I should have just went in my bathroom. I have a framed poster of this <laughs> that I look at every time I'm, I'm on the toilet. But uh, so maybe move my timeline. People were more interested in it in the 2000s when our parents were watching Law and Order and 48 Hour Mystery. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else you want to say about Law and Order? I I know you you've been it's been a bit of an obsession of yours recently. No. Oh, but you've you've well, okay. You've been into Law and Order like forever, is what you're um, saying. No, I was into it as a kid, and then recently got back into it because I found okay. it was on Hulu. Gotcha. And it is a very satisfying show to watch. Yeah. You like and Munch. it's funny. I like yeah Munch. I like Ice T. Mm-hmm. Stavler, Chris Maloney. That's Even him. though he is, if, if he was a real guy, I would not like him. Maybe. <laughs> Well, yeah, let's get to divorce. Yeah. Should we do rock news first? Sure, let's get rock news out of the way. While you're doing that, I'm going to look up a tr- uh, a gr- info on a get looking for a similar statistic on divorce in this country. Okay. US divorce rates. I think it's actually gone down. Um, recently. Let's see if it overlaps with uh violent crime. Hmm, interesting. Yep. Yeah, let's get like a <laughs> A 90s, um, like, CRT computer with, like, those graphics kind of intersplicing over each other. Yeah. Um, okay. And violent crime rate has just spiked in this household. Via my cat. Via me. I have a gun. My cat's teething right now, and I heard if you... If she bites, if a cat bites you and like you lean into it, they'll stop. <clears throat> but um, I tried it a few times and that it just it made it worse every time. Okay. Uh, I'm not looking. F- I'm not really finding. What was I gonna say? This might actually. Anyway, I saw a story about Harry, Harry Styles. Um. Something like his pants exploded in front of Alicia Keys. I, I don't know. Oh, no. I bet he was like, they blew up. And he was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I didn't think this would happen. I'm picturing anyway, it. Anyway, this is my schlong. <laughs> I'm picturing it like the Lenny Kravitz thing. Except. Um, Less cool. His, except like. He's not as hot as Lenny Kravitz. They needed a magnifying glass. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't his know. His dick's not as. Uh, Not as, you know... Remember the reaction thick. to that? Remember uh, Steven Tyler's reaction to uh, Lenny Kravitz's pants exploding? Was he mad? I don't remember. No, his reaction was, you know, I'm friends with him. I didn't know he had a cock ring. It's like, why did I text him? Why'd you tell me you wear a cock ring too? Because he had a cock ring on. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, it doesn't look like... Oh, okay, it wasn't Alicia Keys. It was Jennifer Aniston. Okay, the, the the headline I saw oh, man. blew this all out of proportion. It was Jennifer Aniston. How embarrassing! My pants exploded in front of Jennifer Aniston. Um, Jennifer Aniston, will you help me put my pants back on? You know, this story sucks. Actually, this is not as funny as I thought it was going to be. Uh, let's see if any famous rock people died. How did his pants explode? We didn't get the the autopsy on that. I don't. It just like during during a performance, his pants ripped. I exaggerated. His pants just ripped, and it says he covered up with a pride flag. 
Uh, Disrespectful to the LGBTQ <laughs> community, I'd say. But uh, get your Harry Harry Styles Harry Style your uh yeah your unkempt style dong <laughs> away from the stars and stripes. Um, real quick. That's what you mean, right? The uh, red, white, and blue flag. That's the pride flag. The pride, yeah, <laughs> the flag that we're all proud of. <laughs> yeah. Movies. Movie Somehow. facts. Um, yeah, I got the divorce rate chart here. Yeah. Our our uh, topic today is divorce. This is from 1860 to 2020. Okay. It looks like divorce was kind of like kind of having a little boom. And then the Great Depression happened. Mhm. And then after the Great Depression it spiked to end of World War 1 was a peak. Then it dropped down after the end of World after World War 1. Divorce rates dropped. Yeah. And then uh, no-fault divorce laws kicked in. Then there was a big boom. By 1980, it was like the high... 1980, early 80s seemed to be the high point. Mm-hmm. And then tapered off from there. Right, right. Yeah, in 1980, if you weren't divorced, that was like not having a, a Gucci belt. <laughs> it was like not driving a car. Yeah. So, like, not breathing air and drinking water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I, I handpicked a selection of, five, like, five or so directors. And I want to go over their famous divorce movies. Kind of with a focus on Noah Baumbach, as we like to have on this podcast for some reason. I like his, I only like his movies. Late. I can't lie. I huh? like him, too. And, like, he has, like, several movies where divorce is a huge part of it. Really, divorce is pretty much a theme in almost every one of his movies. And here's... I, I started it's the phantom that haunts all of his work. <laughs> kind of. I started at the source, his dad, who is kind of fictionalized. And so I watched Meyerowitz stories, and I rewatched Squid and the Whale this week. Yeah. And Noah Baumbach's dad is fictionalized in both of those movies as Dustin Hoffman and Jeff Daniels, respectively. Yeah, Meyerowitz stories is almost kind of a sequel. to. It is, in a lot of ways, yeah. I guess. Um, I kept thinking that while I was watching it, I kind of thought that movie was a little, got a little dry after Meyerowitz stories. Yeah, uh, I think the heart and soul of that movie is Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller's uh, chemistry. Yeah, I was I was down for, like when they were about to fight. I was like, this is gonna be sweet, and then I don't know. I didn't. And they just don't. Right? They just went on forever. They did. They got in a tussle, but I did like when they were destroying that old guy's car. That was cool, yeah. Yeah. I like Adam Sandler with his bad hip, like, hobbling on top of the car and just, like, hopping on it, <laughs> thinking that would do anything. Ben Stiller throwing the rock at the car and just bouncing off. Ben Stiller fucking rocks. He's pretty good. Think of all of his movies. Oh, I'm thinking about him. Zoolander. Starsky and Hutch. Along Came Polly. Greenberg. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <clears throat> heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, yeah, heavyweights. Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Where he plays the same guy, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Royal Tenenbaums, where he also kind of plays the same guy. Less or so. Yeah. Anyway. It's minor stiller. Yeah. 
That was yeah. That that's was a very mid movie. I'm just no, I was kidding. That's a good movie. That was a phrase that I like. There were even like straight up. I mean, like as far as Dustin Hoffman and Jeff Daniels being the same character in those movies, like they literally talk about their divorces and like that their first one was annulled, which Noah Baumbach's dad was married four times with his first marriage annulled, and he was like a fail not not a failed writer. Like he he was published and stuff, and he was a professor, but. Yeah. His one book got rejected 32 times when he tried to get it published. Damn. Which is like in Squid and the Whale, I guess. Take where he's a, yeah, right. right. I liked, I, when I went on his Wikipedia page, I went down to his bibliography. And you know the guy had a sad writing career when he wrote like 15 books and none of them ha- are, are highlighted in blue. <laughs> it's all just like, oh, there's not a single Wikipedia page for any of these. He doesn't have a single fan out there willing to like make a Wikipedia page for... Even one of these books. Jay McInerney has a couple like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Ransom. I have no idea what that book's deal is. Oh, I think that's a newer one. No, it's an older one. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like his second book. Oh, geez. I don't know. Yeah, let me look up what the cover looks like and kind of guess what that that book is about. The man has written some good books, though. Yeah. But let's not get into that. I've only read one, but I'll take your word for it. Um, So, anyway... Yeah, just to put a cap on my Erwitz stories, I guess. Um, it was, like, pretty good for a while, and then it kind of hit, like, a slow patch, and I guess by the end it was good. I like when Adam Sandler smashes a plate of cookies. It might not be my favorite one. No. But I do like that they're a Mets family. No, they're a Knicks family. Mets. Baseball. Oh, well, yeah. I, it'd be weird if they were a Mets family. <laughs> um, a team that at that point had only existed for like five or six, or it had existed for a while, but like it only existed in Brooklyn for like five years at that point. The, anyway. The Knicks? The Nets. Oh, I the Knicks any- are, are eternal. I but, didn't say uh, anything about the Nets. You said they're a Knicks family. Yeah. It's a basketball team. I said Mets. Oh, yeah. I like that they're a New York Mets family they like to meet the Mets I heard you say Mets but I just for some reason was like no they're a Knicks family and it's like they can be definitely both they're different sports (laughs) they bleed blue and orange uh but anyway I thought that I had to think about that movie for a while because you remember the angle with um Adam Sandler's daughter being a shitty film student yeah and she makes like a couple short films that they show you during the movie like Pagina Man yeah do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember that. I've seen the movie like two or three times. Oh, okay. Um, Sometimes it's a movie I fall asleep to. Oh, okay. Yeah, Leela fell asleep to it. Yeah, it's just kind of a calming movie. <sighs> Except when AMC and trying to park. Oh, that's right off the bat. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think her movies and Dustin Hoffman's sculptures are intentionally bad. I don't remember his sculptures. His sculptures are just like little like metal um, obelisk type things, I guess. Do you think it's supposed to reflect that Noah Baumbach's dad was a bad artist? Could be. Could also be... 
I mean, I just don't like as I, I don't know anything about sculpture, so it's hard for me to say whether or not his stuff is good. But yeah, it, I don't really think about sculpture too often. It's not like presented in a way that I feel is supposed to highlight how good it is. Yeah, same with her movies. Her movies are almost like, geez, they're like encouraging this. Yeah, it's like. So I think it's just like maybe a comment about the family in general being just sort of really self-involved and egotistical about themselves that they're like, um. None of us are really good at this. And even Adam Sandler's songs, like he quit doing music. <clears throat> I mean, his songs were like fine. Yeah. Well, I don't remember his songs. They're mostly like little novelty songs. God, I've seen this movie more than you and I haven't. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Um, It was just an angle of the movie that I kept thinking about because I'm like, that didn't quite make sense to me. Which like, makes Ben Stiller the most righteous character. Being an accountant? Yeah. Or whatever? Yeah. Because Dustin Hoffman's always like announcing stuff. Dustin Hoffman is a real annoying piece of shit in that movie too. You know? <laughs> I mean, his brain was bleeding for the first half of it. I guess you're right, <laughs> but uh, just being like Ben Stiller was supposed to be the talented one. For some reason, he went to accountant. It's like shut the fuck up, you <laughs> dumb old man. <laughs> yeah, I think that was kind of the point behind the movie. Something about. That it's like, really, if you have the right connections and stuff, you can get away with being an artist who isn't that good. Yeah. But also, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say why, like, Judd Hirsch, his character succeeds, but Dustin Hoffman does not, comparatively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's an undercurrent in that movie I didn't pick up on with those two characters. I do like Sigourney Weaver dips in for a second and he won't stop talking about how he met Sigourney Weaver. Right. Yeah, that part's cool. But he, he, I guess it's a lesser Noah Baumbach movie that I think about it. Yeah. I guess I had, I didn't even know it existed for like a couple of years until after it came out. Really? I don't think so. Yeah. Mm. I like other ones more for sure. Yeah, me too. Because yeah, then I rewatched Squid and the Whale, which is great. Yeah, one of his best. Yeah. I don't know if it's as good as like uh Francis Ha. My personal fave. I don't know. But it's pretty great. I put it in his top three, like with that and then Francis Ha marriage story. I like the ultimate. Sw- his his uh the stand of divorce. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't know. Yeah, Squid in the Whale I liked a lot better this time. Um and then, uh, but you watched Greenberg. I watched Greenberg. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was just all right. I liked it. I liked that on the DVD I rented. It's like Ben Stiller, like you've never seen him before. And then I just think of the scene of him eating out Greta Gerwig. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I've never seen him like this before. <laughs> that scene was really weird. Uh, yeah. No, that movie. Well, I, I like that it takes scene things that shouldn't be stressful, but just become stressful. Yeah. I thought he was, I was kind of confused by the way he was portrayed in the first half of that movie because I thought he was maybe like autistic or something. He does come off autistic a lot. But then by the end of the movie, he doesn't seem like that as much. I and mean, I guess there's different levels of functioning with autism. Well, it could, I think what it could be is he's just gotten on a new cycle of pills. So it's probably, I mean, maybe it wasn't intended this way, but you could interpret it as like by the end of the movie, he's kind of maybe more used to the the pills mm. oh, okay could be oh yeah because he just got out of the hospital or whatever yeah, yeah i don't know um, yeah, i think they say he's on zoloft oh do they yeah 
uh, and then a bunch of other stuff by the end. Yeah. Yeah, the scene where he does coke with those uh, 20-year-olds is really stressful, <laughs> I thought. I love Dave Franco in that scene. Yeah. Yeah, let's play some corn. Yeah. <laughs> when we get some great coke, coke music, yeah, corn. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, know. But he, yeah, Greenberg's like such a loathsome character. Yeah. Oddly stereotypical, too. Yeah. Like, there's a weird, like, trope. But they, it's not addressed. I don't think it was intended, but like the fact that his name is Greenberg and he's writing these like complaining letters to different companies. Mm. Like imagine if like an anti-Semitic person read or received those letters like <laughs> sincerely Roger Greenberg, of course. <laughs> uh, I don't, I kind of don't like how Greta Gerwig's character just disappears. Greta Gerwig? Yeah, that was confusing because they introduce her. Like she's the, the main character, the movie, yeah. Like she's the main character. So I thought that was handled weird. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it kind of made sense that, like, that's how they wanted to introduce Greenberg is through, like, secondhand accounts from, like, family. Yeah. But the way that they introduce so much detail about Greta Gerwig at the beginning, you do think it's going to be more about her. Yeah. And then it's not at all. I mean, I, what is the movie? That was a flaw. I'm like, the movie, I'm trying to think of how to describe it to someone who hasn't seen it. Just about it's a, a character study, I guess, about yeah, a about very it. insufferable man <laughs> who gets what he wants in the end. <laughs> <laughs> and, Which uh, is a 25-year-old girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A man who, get, who looks for new ways to get into fights with his dearest friends. <laughs> Yeah. Um. I like this because he, he has one friend in the movie that's like because uh, he used to be in a band that's like a big oh, foundational right. part is he was yeah. in a band in the early 90s that breaks up because he didn't want to sign a record deal and then it was the only record deal they ever got yeah so that the band like the all of their all of them had to get new jobs that weren't music related including him he works as a carpenter mm-hmm and uh, they're all mad at him about it. Um, and one of his friends is this British guy who now works in computers, who's sober now, and he just every scene offers him a drink. Mm-hmm. It's like, or like, uh, like when he's smoking a joint, he offers it to him. Yeah. Um, I like that actor, by the way, Reese Ephens. He was. He was. I don't know him. how to say his name. I liked him. He's also in Notting Hill, and he's also in Harry Potter. Who's he in Harry Potter? Loomis? No, uh, that's... Lupus? Doofus? That's David Thewlis. Uh, no, he's... Snipe? No, that's Alan Rickman. He's, um, Hagrid? No. He, uh... Cerberus, the dog? Ron, actually. He's Ron Weasley? <laughs> yeah. He's Ron Weasel? Yeah, that's what he, that's what he looked like by 2010. You know, you see him in 1999. Her, her, her Heine Granger products? <laughs> no, he plays Luna Lovegood's dad. Hmm. The quirky girl. And he's equally quirky. Okay. See, I don't really Wait, I think. retain any of that. Oh, but, shit. Uh, no, maybe that's not him. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, no one. Some baby <laughs> shit. I don't know. <laughs> he's in Notting Hill, which is a much, much better movie. Oh, that's on Netflix now. You should watch Notting Hill, David. Okay, can I have some of that pizza? More to say about Greenberg. You know, I kind of wonder if Greenberg is sort of uh, analog for Noah Baumbach. 
Mm. Like, is he an insufferable asshole as a guy? Or was he? Because, I don't know. Like, if you look at Squid and the Whale, Jesse Eisenberg absolutely stinks in that movie. Yeah. I mean, he's good. Like, the movie's great, and he's yeah. good in it. But, like, he is an insufferable twat in that movie. Um, Greenberg, insufferable asshole. Funnier in some ways. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, lashing out at people all the time for nothing. Um, yeah. And then, I guess those are the big two. Where the main character is a jerk. Yeah. But with Squid and the Whale, it's very autobiographical. Mm-hmm. So what if Jesse Eisenberg was him as a teenager? That's kind of the impression I got. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, let's 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 get into the juicy. This is the gossip column at, uh, angle of the podcast, where Greenberg is like the inciting incident for Noah Baumbach getting divorced. Why was he uh, instruct? Was he on set like, no, 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 you're not fucking Greta Gerwig, <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of yeah, kind of weird that um. Yeah, the movie is about Greenberg at one point trying to reconnect with Jennifer Jason Lee. Who looks great in the movie. Yeah, she always looks great. Except for in Good Time. Oh, yeah, I mean, she looks kind of... There's something about her, though. <laughs> um, But, yeah, then, like, getting involved with Greta Gerwig. Because, yeah, I think they met on the set of that movie and then yeah they got he was tempted by the fruit of it he was in love with the other woman ray parker jr style it is kind of wild that like that movie he told jennifer jason lee i hate to have to sneak but it feels much better (laughs) when i sneak (laughs) kind of wild that they met on that movie and then two years later were writing movies together Although he wrote Greenberg or came up with it with Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. And I think they, they met in like early 2000s. Like they've been together for about 10 years. Um, although kind of weird to, to note, Meyerowitz stories, no, no scent of Greta Gerwig anywhere in that movie at all. She was making her first movie. Right felt like a return to form or something. I don't know. It reminded me of like Margot at the wedding or something. Have you seen that one? No. Is that good? It's all right. I hear it's two hours. So is my road stories. I think it's, it's a like brisk hour two hours. Um, Very light watching. Yeah. It is kind of his lightest movie. I feel like other than Dustin Hoffman's brain exploding. Yeah. Um, okay, but get this. So by 2019, him and Greta are married, and they get... Okay, February, Noah Baumbach's stepmom dies. February 2019. March 2019, his dad dies. And also, his first son is born. That's a crazy timeline. What does that got to do with... The, you kind of veered off from the gossip about Greenberg... I don't, I don't, it, that was sort of a jumping off point to get there. How does that connect? I, I just feel one day that's going to be a Noah Baumbach movie 
where the main character's dad dies, and then he has a son in the same month. Hmm. Maybe. You just wait. I don't know where that What's was going. What's his son's name? Indiana Jones Bombach? <laughs> <laughs> Why would it be Indiana Jones Bombach? Raiders of the Lost Ark Bombach? I don't know. He seems like a guy that would He does love like those Spielberg, yeah. yeah. I think he's more of an E.T. guy. But then, so I watched... I just had a personal, like, divorce director journey this week because mm-hmm. I watched the... Yeah, you really kind of... You made it sound like Greenberg was going to be juicy, and it's just... Yeah, he met Greta Gerwig there and then divorced Jennifer Jason Oh, well, the Lee. timeline is crazy. I guess so. It, and just, like, watching that movie, knowing what's going to happen next in the meta, it's, it's like a meta experience, you know? Yeah. I'm not, like, ruminating on this, but I'm just, like, it's interesting. It's kind of interesting. Anyway, let's move on to Steven Spielberg. Yeah, his divorces. His his divorces plural. Who was is he? his first? Is his first wife Amy Irving? Let's find out. Absolute baby. Because I Irving. did do some research on this, but I don't have the names. Met on the set because he went to Carrie to meet girlfriends. Yeah. Yep. That was in the which 80s. is also where Brian De Palma met his wife. Yeah. Wild. Fine ass Nancy Allen. But yeah, I guess his divorce movie would would, would have been uh Nina Jones and the Last Crusade. Hmm. I th- I assumed it was Temple of Doom because that movie's like just really he was weird in a, te- he was in a personal and temple of doom. <laughs> <laughs> she Kali mod him. <laughs> but uh no, there that, were f- that's what Kali Ma actually was a <laughs> a visual metaphor for what Amy Irvin did to him. <laughs> No, but yeah, I don't. It, I guess what I was getting at with Noah Baumbach though is, uh, divorce is just like featured in every one of his movies it's prominently. So, yeah, they say oh two are movie oh two directors direct the same movie virtually every time basically, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they have with repeating themes and motifs. His is uh, divorce court. <laughs> It'd be cool if he did like a men's rights angle on one of those movies. Like, mm-hmm. I guess he. I don't know. I guess he, him and Jennifer Jason Lee didn't have a kid. Um. Or did they? Oh, me! Actually, I think they did. Mm. Wouldn't that be a tight Noah Baumbach movie? All I'm saying is the bitch is good in everything. Oh, their son's name is Romare, like the director. Mm. Um, Harold is his second son. Sorry, I said his first son. That was his second son. Anyway, so I guess while he was getting divorced, uh, he co-wrote Madagascar three. That was his ultimate divorce project. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you read between the lines in that movie. <laughs> Um, I also got here. So yeah, Spielberg's d- divorce movie was Last Crusade, which I think is actually the best Indiana Jones movie. I'll uh, take your word I for it. I've only ever seen that in C- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You've seen those two? Yeah. You haven't seen Temple of Doom or, or Last Crusade? No. Oh, okay. Temple of Doom sounds. Sick. Oh wait, no. You you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> yeah, I have. Okay, and Crystal Skull, but you haven't seen Temple of Doom or Last Crusade. Yeah. Well, I should probably. I want to rewatch them because when I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark last time, I was like, this is just okay mm. I was also probably I don't know probably not I don't know I don't remember watching it which means I was very high watching it <laughs> Um, James Cameron another big you know big Hollywood divorce even though him and a, Catherine a champion of divorce <laughs> he has been divorced many times basically all of his movies are he's divorce he's the Ric Flair 16 time champion of divorce <laughs> 
Yeah, I I want to find out like, oh, what's his big divorce movie? And then I saw that he was married like six times. Yeah, sports teams have like pennants and banners hanging up. Yeah, he's got that going on <laughs> in his house. Okay, he's 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 married five times, but he's been married to his current wife since the year two thousand. But yeah, basically every movie in the nineties was a divorce movie for him. Titanic, Terminator Two, Piranha Two. Terminator 2 is about him being a stepdad. Actually, the Terminator, I guess, was probably his first divorce movie. I am not the stepdad. I am the dad who stepped up. <laughs> um, but I was curious, like, okay, what was Catherine Bigelow's movie when they were getting divorced? I also didn't realize, I was like, everyone makes such a big deal about their marriage and divorce, but they were only married for, like, two years, probably not even. Who? Him and Catherine Bigelow. Really? Yeah. They're but, not married anymore? Cameron and Bigelow aren't married anymore. Are you making it? Are you doing a bit? No, I, I oh no. Just assume they were married still. No, they were married from eighty nine to ninety one. Huh. So yeah. Point Break is her divorce movie, kind of. <laughs> and she made Blue Steel while they were married. I haven't seen Blue Steel. I thought she I went from Near Dark to Point Break. I I didn't realize there was a movie in between that. No, yeah, I didn't realize that either until the other night when I was looking it up. Point Break was her saying, I feel alive after this divorce. Now, here's a minor divorce figure, but Paul Schrader, we love to talk about him. He seems to be, he's been happily happily married for, you know, since like 83. Yeah. So, congrats on 40 years, Paul. Yeah, it gives him time. Yeah, him not having to deal with divorce and the feelings attached to that, give his brain the adequate room to roam Mm -hmm. about jerking off and uh, homosexual fantasies. And I mean, he was married from 69 to 76, so I guess he, you know, wrote Taxi Driver probably when it, while, around the... I mean, it got released anyway the, around the time his marriage was ending. Mm-hmm. But then he didn't start directing until he was single in 1978. And then he got married in 1983, which was right after Cat People and before Mishima. See that yeah, he needs he needs monogamy to roam. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to make all of his best movies. I mean he did make hardcore and blue collar while he was single, so that's cool. And I haven't seen those yet. And American Jiggle and Cat People, so I should go to the library and put a hold on hardcore. Not dissing any of those. But uh yeah. David Lynch, another many much often divorced man. I think. Wait, let me look again. He's had some significant partners in the Wikipedia section. <laughs> okay, yeah. So he's been married four times and dated Isabella Rossellini for about five years. So, you know, he's got a... Oh, okay. So he was he was married and divorced before Eraserhead even came out. But Eraserhead was a five-year production. Mm-hmm. And he was married from 77 to 87. So, what was happening between Blue Velvet and Wild at Heart for four years? He's getting divorced. Yeah. But he was developing Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Twin Peaks, his ultimate divorce creation. Yeah. And then Mary Sweeney from 2006 to 2006. What happened there? Well, yeah, what happened? 
A woman in trouble as the tagline to Atlanta. <laughs> he he got married and divorced as an art project. Psych. As part of Inland Empire. And then uh, the last one was Martin Scorsese, which I I, I didn't do any digging into. As Until far as minutes before, we, we, did we talk about De Palma? No, we didn't. Let's talk about De Palma first. Okay. Because he has a divorce picture that's. Body double. Mm-hmm. Which is very uh, like very explicitly that. Mm-hmm. Wait, how so? Oh, because he gets cheated on, and then. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of crazy stuff happens. Yeah, a bunch of stuff happens. <laughs> he watches a woman get drilled to death. He be- becomes part of a music video. Yeah, he starts. Uh, he starts spying. Trying to get strange from a from a porn star. From a woman he's spying on. Yeah. Brian De Palma was really telling him he was spying on women all over Beverly Hills. Uh, God, he's awesome. <laughs> is he also oft, often divorced? or? Yeah, I think he's got a few divorces under his belt. I think he got divorced in the early 90s as well. I bet Scarface is a divorce movie. Well, that, yeah, that was like I think the last movie he made while married to... Uh, yeah, Scarface is uh, about the tension in the marriage I mean, he says say hello to my little friend <laughs> I guess now that I'm laying this I like I'm, I'm putting these all together I, there's not really any common theme that that runs through all of these movies I kind of assumed all their divorce movies would be like really just harrowing like Temple of Doom but see it's I know Last Crusade is actually the year he got divorced when did that come out 89 yeah so he was together with Amy Irving till 89 you said mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, I said The Last Crusade. Those movies are the same to me. <laughs> uh, Brian De Palma. Okay, he's been married three times. Actually, he's single now. Ladies. Yeah, have you seen he's, Domino? Oh my God, his birthday is September 11th. He's single now, and look at the output he's putting out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just look at it. Just look at, look at these dog shit movies. I can look at it. Uh, okay, yeah. No, you're a body double. And then Gail Ann Hurd from 91 to 93. 91 to 93, so that's... Like, oh, Carlito's Way was 93. Yeah, and then 91, I think... Raising Cane was 92. Bonfire of cool. Bonfire of the Vanities was 90. He's married to Darnell Gregorio. Is that a woman? Darnell? That was 95 to 97, so that would be... He made it Mission Impossible in that time. Oh, they made Snake Eyes. I've he seen Snake Eyes. married to Orenthal James Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay, Snake Eyes was after that. Um, that. You know, that feels like a movie a divorced guy would make. A newly divorced guy would make. What, Mission Impossible? No, uh, Snake Eyes. Oh, okay. Oh, he made the music video for Dancing in the Dark also the year he got divorced from Nancy Allen. Really? Mm-hmm. That late? Yeah, 84. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was trying to mix it up with some rock and roll guys. Try to <laughs> see if he can get some groupies. Huh. Uh, but yeah, let's let's cap there's it off. A, oh, there's a very divorced picture of him with the E Street Band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me look it up real quick. Okay. I know this isn't really going to translate uh, audio-wise, but... Uh, I'm just peeping at Martin Scorsese's divorce list. 
I'm not commenting one way or the other about divorce. I mean, it needs to happen for some people, obviously. It's nothing wrong with it, I don't think. No, but divorce guy is a funny type sometimes. Sure, yeah. So Martin Scorsese from 65 to 71 married to someone. Okay, he didn't... Box for her birthday was the next movie after that. He made... He was at Knocking at My Door in that time. Julia Cameron from 76 to 77. So then you got New York, New York. Okay, I haven't seen it. Isabella Rossellini, 79 to 82. I can't find it, but there's a picture of like the E Street band in a car, and he's in there looking like he's having the best time he's had in months. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He probably was. Yeah, he's like, this. you guys make me feel alive again. Okay, he got divorced in 82, which is the year King of Comedy came out. This feels like a divorce picture a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or not about it, but you know, like the kind of movie a divorce guy would make. Just a little bit unhinged. Barbara Dafina from 85 to 91. So what are we talking, Goodfellas? I don't know, Cape Fear. Oh, oh that's the lady... Is that that one lady? The lady gets eaten in Cape Fear. Is it? The lady gets her cheek bit off. Oh no, Ileana Douglas is. That's Ileana Douglas. Yeah. Okay. Who he was apparently dating at the time, as his marriage was ending with Barbara Dafina. Who's Barbara Dafina? I don't know. He was married to her from eighty-five to ninety-one. She's a producer. So from Tim to Nevermind, he was married to Barbara <laughs> Dafina. And then since 99, she's been married to Helen Shermerhorn Morris. After uh, he split up with Ileana Douglas. After Coon Dune. Coon Dune, yeah, that was his, <laughs> that was his, his, final, his final divorce movie. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Or no, Coon Dune was 99, right? 97. Nine, okay. <sighs> have you seen Coon Dune? So what have we... No, I haven't. Okay. So what have we learned... Uh, divorce. The uh, directors can't keep down marriages, and often their careers they're are lactose intolerant to it. Their, their careers are impervious to the personal trappings of divorce. Yeah, often making some of their most weird and interesting work, often seeming completely unaffected in their work. Actually, I was expecting a different conclusion. I was expecting like, oh, it's they're so obviously a divorce movie. But I mean, and if you're Noah Baumbach, you make a movie about your divorce, like. Every single day. Like six years after it happened. Yeah. You think about divorce constantly if you're Noah Baumbach. Honestly, if I heard White Noise was his, was a divorce mo- a you movie. Do you think him and Greta Gerwig are going to make it? Uh, I don't or is divorce Noah Baumbach's DNA? She's, I was also checking out, so he's got a weird pedigree with women where, wait, is that the right word? With woman? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jennifer Jason Lee was... Like almost a decade older than him. Okay. And Greta Gerwig is almost a decade younger than him. Yeah, he's trying. You know, he's trying to see what the shoes like on the other foot. You know, <laughs> something like that. And then, man, his his sons are probably like at least a decade apart. Oh yeah, no, Romare, his oldest son. He's like eighteen now. Little Harold, he's only four. You know, we didn't throw in uh, OJ's divorces in there. Mm. One of the things that he did, he did. So, uh, it's the last minute. Yeah, I'm gonna throw some pizza in the oven, and then uh, we'll be back to end the episode.
OJ Simpson. Does not list his spouses. Okay, so I know he had, uh, he was married to Mar Margaret L. Whitley, uh, in 1967, and they had, uh, it looks like three kids, but one of them died. And he's an interesting case. Well, that's, that's sad. sad. But yeah, that is sad. I was gonna. I was thinking, should I make the joke? Uh, it's, uh, he drowned in the family pool. But mm -hmm. interesting. You don't know what he said to Juice earlier that day. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know, interesting that uh, he didn't opt for divorce with his second marriage. Opted for something a little more permanent. No, they were divorced before that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Did, hmm. He didn't like it twice. Hmm. Okay, well, he kind of confirms all my theories about, like, artists and divorce, so. Uh, They were divorced in 1979. We're going to leave it at that. Then, and what, what do you, what, what, can we look up his filmography? <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. Was he an airplane that <laughs> he got divorced? Maybe. I don't know if he was. Was he an airplane? Wasn't he? He isn't one of He's the airplanes. He's a airplane. naked gun. Oh, wait, you're right, you're right. Close enough. That was later in the 80s, though. All right, I can't really do much with Juice. He doesn't make movies. Yeah, fair enough. But okay, um, thanks for listening, y'all. And uh, call in if you have any other good divorce directors you want us to talk about. <laughs> Um, I can't think of any others personally. No, probably every director, John Carpenter. Probably Michael Bay. You think? I think we should make a list of directors that have never been divorced. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that'll be our next uh, special. Safety brothers. <laughs> um. True. Owen Klein, star of Squid and the Whale. Uh, Judd Apatow. Hmm. So maybe that J could Jonah Hill up a bit. Jonah Hill, director. Dr yeah. Yeah, you know, okay, we'll, we'll brainstorm on that for yeah. next week. Okay, bye. Yeah, maybe if Judd Apatow did.